I've got my coffee. I've got the peace and quiet of my studio. Apart from the fridge in the corner. Can you hear that fridge going? I don't know if it's just me. Well, you're on the other end of a digital stream. So I don't know. There it goes. It's turned off. The compressor kicks in. And you know what? When I was building the studio, I didn't count on that. I said, oh yeah, I'll get a fridge in the corner. Keep me coffee in that. Keep uh, a bottle of cold water. A few beers maybe. But uh, I didn't count on the humming of the fridge. But there you are. You can't hear it now because it's not humming anymore. That's what happens, isn't it? You know, when there's a disturbance in the background and it's there so long, you don't even hear it until it stops. And you go, Jesus, did you hear that? Anyway, welcome along to the Daily Larb. Actually, it's not the Daily Larb anymore. It's just the Larb. We're back to the original name. If you hadn't spotted that, happened a couple of weeks ago. And uh, I'm coming to you for the second day in a row. It's Tuesday. Uh, I don't know if you heard yesterday's episode. It was it was a bit late. It was supposed to come out on Sunday, but it didn't because uh, I was very busy. So um, today, as I sit and work, I thought about sharing something with you. I don't know where it's going to go, but. I got this radio clock. Have you ever heard of radio clocks? Um, I got this radio clock in Ikea. And I didn't know what it was. I thought it was just some kind of branding or whatever. And uh, when I put in the battery, um, it just found its own time. And apparently, radio control clocks, you can buy them anywhere, they hook onto uh, a radio signal that's broadcast, certainly in my part of the world, from, um, is it Birmingham? Somewhere in the UK. And uh, it's obviously long range frequency. And uh, they latch onto it. And it broadcasts particular data about the time and all that kind of stuff on this wavelength. And the clock picks it up. It uh, reverts to the correct time. So I never have to change it. Now, isn't that great? And it got me thinking about um, what other stuff is kind of waiting um, to be uh, discovered or developed through radio waves, the the taking advantage of of waves of energy that exists in the environment, you could say, uh, to infinite levels in all directions. You know, we're only our physical apparatus, our our uh, nervous system can only pick up certain range of frequency. Like we can't pick up the range of frequency that the clock picks up, but um. Or that, or that a dog can pick up through its, I suppose, sight as well as um, its hearing ability. We can only pick up a certain range. Uh, but it's amazing, isn't it? You know, TV, radio, internet, Bluetooth, all of these technologies, they sit on uh, the always existent wireless network that exists. It's remarkable. Uh, so what else are we not... Uh, Taking advantage of. I'm so I'm I'm supposing that certain developers are are um, working on stuff in the background. A few years ago, I actually wrote an article about uh, something called white space broadband, broadband that can be uh, accessed over miles and miles. You know, like uh, TV signals or radio signals. But I don't know why that didn't come mainstream. Maybe there wasn't money in it, or maybe uh, because there's other people deciding this stuff. 
they they investigate the technology and uh, they might investigate it in colleges and institutions and stuff like that. And then they get funded through uh, big corporates who, who want to get their claws into this technology. And uh, for whatever reason, then they decide not to not to roll it out. Uh, Nikola Tesla's uh, many of Nikola Tesla's inventions or discoveries were uh, were canned because he couldn't get funding. There was no money in it for um, what you may call it. Uh, J.P. Morgan and his cohort uh, on Wall Street. So they went with um, some of the stuff Mr. Edison had produced, and Edison wasn't, in fact. Uh, not necessarily an inventor, like the way he's been painted up, certainly when I was a kid, how he was painted up, you know, as this maverick inventor, working long hours in his uh, in, in his uh, studio. He had dozens, I don't know, maybe even hundreds of, of engineers working for him to figure out this stuff. And he was funded. He was a businessman, you know. So I don't think that I don't I don't think how history has painted him is is all too true. But anyway, there's um, I suppose there's many technologies now that uh, are not getting uh, the light of day because there's no money in them. Anyway, that's not really what I wanted to talk to you about, but it is fascinating. The old radio clock crack, you know, um, what I wanted to talk to you about was, uh, my iron skillet. Now again, this might go anywhere. I don't know where to go and it's rubbish really, but it's not rubbish, right? This is very important. And there's something in this. My iron skillet is, uh, a piece of very simple piece of apparatus that I have at home here in the kitchen, and I like to cook because uh, it it just allows me um, some creative expression, you might say. Drink the last drop of my cold coffee. Uh, I like to cook, and uh, I'd be pretty anal about when I'm, you know, when I'm cooking, when I'm doing anything. I suppose it's attention to detail. I like, I like the detail, and it drives me crazy when other people are not up to speed you know but anyway um i've got this iron skillet and i bought it a few years ago maybe three four years ago and it's brilliant it's a bit small i'm looking for a bigger one uh i'd like to get a bigger one same kind of design but bigger maybe a bit deeper because this one's maybe an inch deep and i'd like one deeper and can hold more stuff you know but uh, i do i i cook pasta sauces on it I cook uh, meat on it, rashers and sausages and, well, not sausages, do them under the grill. Um, eggs and chicken and uh, and pork fillet and steaks. Oh, it's great for steaks. Whack it on the gas, right? Turn up the gas as high as it goes and roast the shit out of the skillet. Get it piping hot and then add a little bit of butter or oil and then whack the steak on. It's deadly. So, I cook all kinds of things on this skillet, and I love it. Uh, and it's remarkable because it's remarkable to me because it's a very simple piece of kit. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's kind of ridiculous to even call it a piece of kit because it's got a handle on it, and it's just this big kind of flat piece of metal, and uh, it's very heavy, quite heavy in fact. And when you cook with it, if you're if you're cooking it on the big ring in the middle of the hob, the gas hob, the handle gets roasting, so you need a you need um, a tea towel or some kind of cloth to handle it, you know. Like sometimes I forget, um, but it doesn't do you any good to forget because if you, if you if you're caught up in something else and you grab the handle, you're taking stuff off. It takes a couple of seconds for it to register in your brain that this fucking thing is roasting, <laughs> and then you might drop it. 
Anyway, um, what am I getting at? Well, there's a particular character about this iron skillet, you know, and um, uh, on the inner surface, uh, it's black iron, you know, you know, the black iron. Uh, the inner surface is polished now. Well, not po- not polished as in shiny, but it's matte uh, in appearance, but it's smooth. And um, it's come that way by virtue of cooking with it and how I clean it. And this is very important if you have an iron skillet and it keeps getting rusty on you. It means you're, you're not washing it properly. So my wife, when she washes, she washes this, takes it upon herself to wash this iron skillet. It drives me crazy. she leave it sitting in the sink. You know, or or fill it up with water and leave it sitting on the on the countertop. It goes fucking rusty. Um, now you can recover the skillet if it happens to go rusty, but uh, you don't want to, you don't want to go down that road because you'll strip off. If you use detergent or soap to clean it, you strip off all the base layer that uh, gives you a, a good uh, result when you cook. You know, so after cooking, the pan uh, it's not a pan, it's a skillet. When the skillet is still roasting hot. You take it to the sink, turn on the tap and let cold water run over the skillet. And the water that hits the skillet, when it hits the skillet, it just bubbles up and boils up. So you get the scrubber and give it a scrub real quick. And it lifts all the uh, remnants of food from when you were cooking. Um, uh, and when I cook, uh, I like to maybe just just as I'm finished, add a drop of water. So you're getting all that kind of... Uh, juicy meaty goodness off the pan you know but anyway so that's important that if you have an iron skillet that you clean it that way and you you get the scrubber and you don't use detergent and you give it a and then you take it out of cold water take it out from under the tap and it's still quite hot hot enough to uh, evaporate the water that's left on it and if it's not you just turn on the gas and let the heat evaporate the rest of the water off the off the surface you know so the inside surface is about an inch deep and you can cook pasta sauces on it and stuff. And uh, I I add a bit of oil and uh, throw on an onion, an organic onion, chopped finely with, with garlic and salt and pepper. And let that uh, let that fry off. And then uh, oregano and basil, whack it around. Throw on a can of tomatoes and, and let that simmer. And you can add them. Um, you know, chicken stock cube or something into it. Then it's magic. It's deadly. Um, but then when you when you flip over the skillet, um, my skillet anyway, you'll see that there's a couple of around the edges. There, it's it's polished to a shine. You can see this. You can see the iron underneath. And um, how that happens is that the the feet on the gas stove have worn down the black iron to a polish. And then in between those points on the skillet is this crusty carbonated, uh, surface. And it's a, it's a result of, uh, food and oil and stuff just being burnt to shit, right? Uh, and it's not dirt. And I wouldn't lift it. Well, you, you couldn't lift it because it's just bet on, you know, caked onto the, to the outer surface. And it, it, it kind of adds a bit of character. It's not dirty. It adds character to the to the skillet, you know. And when you're cooking, when I'm cooking with the skillet, the the hob sits at a, maybe half a degree off level, and it sits at a bit of an angle. So when you put oil on it, the oil kind of drifts into one side of the skillet. So when you're cooking eggs, you have to drop them into that side of the pan, you know, not a pan. The skillet, drop the eggs in there, 
and and it's a good I found it's a good idea when I'm using the skillet that you start with the heat really high, add the oil and then turn it down completely when you're doing eggs. Drop the eggs on uh, and then allow them to cook slowly, fried eggs that is. And then uh, they don't stick if you do that. Not all the time. If you use butter actually it, it helps them uh not adhere to the surface of the pan. You can get non stick pans, you know? The you know this fucking shit um you get on surface pans and um like that stuff comes off when you cook comes off on the food so you're ingesting this stuff i don't think that's really good for you at all and and i've never had a non-stick pan in my life that lasted and that provided that non-stick uh uh facility i mean it disappears it goes you know and ends up in your food and then you're ingesting it and all that kind of crack iron skillet the only way to go. And it really cooks your food well. It's great for cooking steaks, you know, and onions and mushrooms and all. And um anyway, back to the eggs. So when you finish cooking the egg, uh, it doesn't stick to the pan, so you can give it an L, flip it over, and let it cook for about 20 seconds on the other side. Perfect. Dippy egg. Very good. And, you know, the thing about it is, uh, when you have simple things that do the job well, is is there something... There's something special about it, you know? There's something that doesn't disrupt you, you know? Like fucking dishwashers. Dish, dishwashers are the bane of my life. Not least because there's no one in the house who knows how to load one. Um, that's a problem. It's never loaded properly unless I load it. But I really don't like using it because it takes away that... Uh, that kind of time you get where you can just be on your own cleaning dishes. Just hot tap on, soapy scouring cloth, clean the dishes, drop them on the drainer, happy days, done. But instead we put, we have presses full of dishes. We fill our presses full of bowls and plates that we don't use, we hardly ever use. And then we just fill our dishwasher. We wait maybe two or three days for the dishwasher to be full. And then at the end of the third day, we go, where's all the fucking bowls? Where's the spoons? Where's the, where's the knives? There's no knives, Dad. There's no bowls. Where's the bowls? They're in the dishwasher where you put them, you know? And then they stay there and then they stink out the place. And then you say, oh, the, who forgot to put on the dishwasher? When I was a kid, we used to uh, clean everything by hand after dinner be a pile of dishes and me and my sister used to clean we take turns she'd wash and i'd dry i'd wash and she'd dry and uh, there was something about that but that's gone now and it's the same with cooking you know we all want this convenience we want the convenience of not of of doing without the hassle of some something some some gadget or wangle or or or, or appliance or otherwise to take away our pain and our difficulty and make our life easier and it's all horseshit because in our in our attempt in our struggle to try and find an easy way out we we bring ourselves more difficulty and more pain because life is supposed to be challenging you know it's supposed to be it is all it's inherently challenging but that's the way it's supposed to be but we make it difficult and we make it difficult because we can't be in the thing we can't wash the dishes you know we have to have a dishwasher and then all the shit that the dishwasher gives us 
gets clogged up, it stinks, the drain smells, um, the food, the plates and bowls don't come out clean. The people put the knives and forks upside down, so they bust, they bust the, the cutlery basket and all the knives fall down through it. And the spoons, you're trying to get it out. The little wheels on the tray, they break. The spring on the door goes. You know, you create more problems for yourself. When you didn't have a dishwasher in the first place, you could just clean the bloody dishes by hand, put them on the drainer, done. They'll be drying in half an hour, put them away. You know? Or when you're cooking, we got all these pots and pans and stuff, and we don't need them. That iron skillet I use for, I'd say 90% of the, the, the cooking that I do. I use the oven and stuff. Maybe a pot for boiling spuds or boiling pasta. But um, the, the stuff I cook isn't very complicated. You know, don't need a big industrialised kitchen or a commercial kitchen to cook the food that I eat. Um, and we spend our lives chasing these uh, modern conveniences to try and alleviate our problems. This all came on board about, I think it was after the war. That's what I'm led to believe. After World War Two and the uh, dawn of the American dream, or maybe it was before that, but is uh, the, the, the burst in uh, the advancement in technologies, you know, the modern housewife, the modern home, the mixers and the, the washing machines and the dryers and the and the dishwashers and all this kind of stuff it was all coming on stream and the, the 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 narrative was make your life easier don't give yourself hassle you know frozen food is the same and that's all normal now of course you know um and technology is great i mean look up, I, I have a printer sitting on my desk here like most of you do in your homes or businesses and i marvel at it like it's an incredible piece of kit how do they ever make this thing do what it does, you know? It, it, almost 100% of the time, I put a piece of paper in the top to scan it, and it scans it. N- never a problem. And it scans it, and I can I can save it as a PDF and all that kind of stuff. Really is great. Uh, and don't get me wrong, I mean, I love technology. I like technology a lot. I'm, 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 I've got my phone to my ear here, my iPhone, and I'm speaking into it. And the technology that we've got these days allows me to record a podcast using my phone and then it goes out to probably half a dozen or a dozen platforms and you're listening to it. I don't know where you are. You could be in Bangladesh or 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 or, or Wisconsin or, or New York or, or London or Abu Dhabi, I don't know, Australia. And you're listening to what I have to say. And that's remarkable. And technology does make the world smaller for all intents and purposes and it has its place but I think most of us are lost on it we use it as a means of escape to get away from our lives you know from the hassle of ordinary life and I think that's a mistake I mean there's nothing pleases me more than the company of my own self with nobody else around no machines no technology Maybe just a book. Or not even that, just staring out the window. I've always found enjoyment in that. And the biggest problem these days, I think, for you and me, is that we've become too reliant on other people and too reliant on technology and too heavily um, adhered to the promises of corporations and the capitalist message 
uh, you too can be happy. You'll be happy if you buy my shit, you know. It's nuts. It won't make you happy. Never does. Simple things make you happy. Simple things ex- executed to a high degree uh, of proficiency or, or to a high degree of detail. That's what makes you happy. And to believe that happiness exists in the future, somewhere else down the road when I have this job or when I have this status or when I have this qualification or when I have this size bank account or I have this wife or I have this husband or I have this you name it. Life will be better. I'm striving towards it. Down the road, it doesn't matter if I'm not happy now. I'll be happy in 10 years' time or 5 years' time or next week when I'm on holidays. It's a spoof. It's impossible to be happy under those circumstances because you're not happy. Annie Dillard said, how we spend our days, of course, is how we spend our lives or something like that. I think that's accurate. And it's true. What you're doing now and how you feel now is your life. So you've got to make a decision and I have to make a decision to change how we think about the stuff that we do, the simple things, the complex things, these things that we're doing, these things we're striving for. I mean, are they really worth it? I don't believe they are because we just spend our lives chasing shit that doesn't really matter. There's an amazing depth of enjoyment to be had from just cooking a steak, you know? On, a, on an iron skillet or washing a few dishes by hand I mean we've we've been convinced by advertising and marketers for the last 100 years that life will be better if we just buy their shit you know and it's not true and I wonder when en masse we will realise this but you see we're caught in this kind of echo chamber of reality and uh it just keeps us where we are. So, go out and buy yourself an iron skillet. Fry up a steak or a few eggs. Forget about the, uh, the other shit. It doesn't matter. You know? I told you, I didn't know where the iron skillet thing would go. I just thought, right. I, was, I, I saw it today on the counter at home and there's a lady comes in and does a bit of uh, cleaning once a week for us and uh, uh, first world you know and uh, um, she left the iron skillet up on the draining board and I said and I kind of looked at her and I went I hope she didn't leave that sitting in a pool of water so I picked it up and she didn't I picked it up and I looked at it and I felt the weight of it the weightiness of it you know the substantialness of it. And and I looked at it and I marvelled at it because it's such a simple thing and it has it has so much meaning and depth and purposefulness about it. You know? And I thought, right, I'm just gonna jump on the old podcast maker and I'm gonna talk about this. So I'm on the hunt for another one. If you know where I can get a bigger iron skillet, one that's deeper, it might even be called a skillet, called something else. I'll have to go Googling it. Uh, well, let me know because uh, I think they're great. So uh, I'm going to leave you at that. If you like the stuff that I make, if you like the stuff that I talk about, the stuff that I write, you'll find a lot of my material over at larrygmcguire.com. 
You'll also find me on patreon.com forward slash Larry G. McGuire. And you can become a patron of mine, help support the show. Because I don't put adverts on here. Lots of podcasts monetize by putting ads on. And I think that's horseshit. It's, it's, it's horseshit for me. It mightn't be for them. But adverts are bullshit. Why would I put adverts on about fucking Coca-Cola or, or, or Mickey Mouse underpants or some other crap when it has completely zero relevance to the stuff I write and the stuff I talk about? So I don't do ads. I don't drop products. I might talk about the book that I, I have written or I am writing, but that's about it. If you like what I'm doing, come on over to patreon.com forward slash Larry Jim and support the show. Buy me a pint or a cup of coffee and uh, that'll be deadly. And uh, I'm on Facebook too, Larry G. McGuire page. I'm on Twitter, at Larry G. McGuire. And uh, shortly to be on theartistmanifesto.co, new website for the book that's coming out soon. So, just wanted to get that down because it was on my mind, you know. So wherever you're up to, I hope you're having a good day. Enjoy the rest of us. I'll see you next week. Take it easy.